0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are around the world. And welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I'm Michael Zalavari, and I am joined this morning for me, this evening for my good friend Austin Zetzman Cookie Monster. Good evening.
1: Michael. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, uh, good twilight to everyone this happy day on a Friday in the US, and Saturday
0: in the UK, and Saturday
1: Australia. (laughs) Uh it Yield feels
0: it. it feels so good to be back. We have it has been a little while since we've done one of these, so you can already tell the wheels have fallen off already, and we are not planning to replace them. Uh, but you know, life gets busy and stuff happens, right? Uh, we'll we'll
1: plan it for the uh, midway uh, race brake change as well. Yeah, we, uh, we, we have a long pit stop to go for that. We'll we'll just fix it then.
0: Yeah, we've been man- mandated a five minute technical stop and go, so we'll we'll get that done at some point. It's
1: my language, I'm sorry, Michael, every single time. I usually get pinged for that, but I didn't think it was going to be five minutes this time. Anyway.
0: Five F-ing... No, we'll we'll skip past that one in the chat. Uh, Guys, uh, we're back, uh, and we're going to talk about something that happened a long while ago, uh, a really long while ago, in fact, and that is Le Mans. Seven weeks it's been since we've done one of these, and it's been uh, an absolute whirlwind of sports car racing in that time. We've missed so much, but we really should come back and focus on Le Mans, the biggest sports car race of the year, uh, and... It was. It was certainly different this year.
1: Yeah, we uh, we took all this time. Basically, we just studied like five different screens at the same time with all kinds of analytical data just constantly flying up through the screens, and uh, just to really study this race. That's why it took so long, uh, just to really come to the conclusion that it was a different race. Michael. It was an extremely different race. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, without the fans, uh, it was. It certainly the ambiance was different. And I definitely think that it, I I think it had the opportunity to be a interesting or much more interesting race than I think uh, I, a lot of people would agree that it ended up kind of sort of yeah. being, uh, but still though, I think it was, it was a respectable 24 hour race with what we had. Yeah. And I think with the announcements and stuff through that week was, were just as important as the race itself. For yeah. the future of WC and Le Mans, and I think we'll talk about that too
0: I agree I agree it it certainly didn't have the same hype as as Le Mans normally does and I, I think you know part of that was the part of the year it was in part of that kind of snuck up on us because everything else was going on part of it was you know the atmosphere that was 2020 uh but it really did st- a sneak a sneak up on us uh but you got to say once track action started it felt right. It felt normal. I mean, we talked about hyperpole on the day, um, with our pre-race show that's up on YouTube. Oh no, it's not up on YouTube. It got canned, didn't it? Ah, uh, yes. Well, part of
1: it. Now, yeah. I mean, the the most of the pre-race is still there. Nice. Uh, but the when it started to go into the race part, that's when it went. Yeah. Okay. Foul. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it- it, there should be a, there should be a part up there. If not, I think we have a recording of it, so I'll try to get it up there without nice. nice. hurting the the ACO FIA gods.
0: Love it when you get it. Uh, so it, it... all right, <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as, as far as, you know, what we were involved with on the subreddit, it actually went really, really well. I was surprised. Normally Lamont is a bit of a shit show, but everyone had a great time. I loved it. Yeah. Uh,
1: we have some ideas for next year too. Cause, uh, yeah. And, and, and just because of the manner at which we were taken down so brutally, in my opinion, uh no well uh we're gonna do some more interesting things uh, next year just because of what like we were testing and it worked pretty well and i don't know i i definitely enjoyed this the this past year's preseason and even just watching through the race as well kind of just giving a different like hub aspect to it just because i feel like at this point everybody's got at least like three to four different screens available to them at some point why not have like a different outed you know resource or just something else to have up on the screen so that was honestly really cool and I really liked that so uh that was a cool thing to be kind of a part of too as well so yeah
0: and that was that was your big contribution to Lamont so thank you for that cookie you did a really good job
1: oh I contributed
0: yay that's weird that's weird to say (laughs) wow it's not it's not so weird to say you you contributed to the life of this sub you know half this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you you know way back in the day All
1: right, stop kissing my
0: ass, stop doing... Hey, well, we doing. said we said in the pre-race show that we're going to stroke each other's egos, okay? This had to happen.
1: Oh, uh, that's true. We did... Oh, man,
0: I forgot about that. Okay, yeah,
1: fair. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you so much for that, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, but really, uh, if we're going to talk about that, we should really be talking about qualifying. Uh, just from based on some of the... What we saw from the general qualifying, and then what we saw also from hyper-pole qualifying... Um, and then, obviously, just from the results, because it's, like, two months later, I... Je- I okay, in terms of hyper qualifying, I think it's a great show. I don't think anybody should or was or did look into that as, like, a gauge for whether or not they were going to be good at Le because I think, obviously, it's Le Mans. You can't just assume anybody who's getting into the hyper and getting pole, he's going to just run away from it anyway, but... Um, yeah, I I enjoyed the qualifying and the hyperpole concept. I think everybody really did. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, you know, it, it's a departure from what we used to have at Le Mans, but I think that's it's appropriate thing. I mean, okay. I don't know. I mean, I I enjoy watching long stints of qualifying. Um, I think we probably might go back to that anyway, just because this was all truncated this year. But I liked the way that we had like there's a huge chunk for qualifying, and we had that hyperpole the next day. So,
0: yeah, I. Uh, I, 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 I i agree that it was a good show uh, but i am not necessarily watching lamon for the show i am kind of watching it for the race so like I, I i can see the argument both ways it was very very cool to see uh Menezes put that lap into the rebellion that was like what but like as far as as far as hyperpole is a concept eh, I i just i want to like it I think it did a good job of upping the excitement, but I'm not, uh, that's not why I watched Lamar. That's not why I watched qualifying. I mean, like it was fine. Um, And I think with the truncated running and the condensed schedule, it worked really, really well because you had so much practice leading up to that, which meant that you had a lot of time to get everything sort of in place. Um, But yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. But the, the fact that the Porsches got pole just absolutely blue balled me for what they did in the race. That made me very unhappy. Damn it, Porsche.
1: Well, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, that was something that I think we talked about in the pre-race uh, uh, show, that uh, you guys were really high on Porsche, and I just, for some reason, just thought they were having pace issues, uh, even though it didn't show at all in the qualifying sessions at all, apparently. That's what I was told. And uh, lo and behold, yeah. Yep. Porsche had some uh, pace issues. Uh, a little uh, Suffering some Aston Martin-esque woes, where they just didn't have what appeared to be their top speed, or just they didn't have the... It seemed like they had... Uh, you know, the car was balanced. It didn't seem like the car was off-balance. It just didn't seem to have straight-line speed as the other competitors did, yeah. so...
0: And I theorized during the race, and it came to light, I think, a little afterwards, that Porsche had had anticipated... A more significant amount of wet running. We were looking at the radar all of Friday and Saturday, and basically everyone was saying it's going to rain. 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 It's going to to piss down. It's going to be pouring. It's going to be raining all night. So I think Porsche saw that and predicted that, and were like, "Well, we'll just go for a bit of a wet setup here and hope the race comes to us in the middle part when it's raining." And then it didn't rain, so that they they kind of. Shot themselves in the foot there, which is very porsche like to be honest.
1: Yeah, that and that's what was also a little bit uh, kind of startling. I mean, and obviously commentators are gonna are going to commentate. They're going to be like, "Oh, this is very uh, Porsche, not like Porsche, very un, you know Porsche-like uh, to see them kind of struggle with pace." And ultimately, really, what we've seen um, at Lamar, especially, is that like if it's just a halfway. Decent. There's I mean, not to say that there's not a lot of competition, but, you know, there's not a lot of attrition. You know, there's mm. not a ton of traffic to be dealing with. Um, a lot of these pace issues, quote unquote pace issues, which are like we're talking like three to four tenths, maybe a lap, which is nothing over, you know, three minutes, 30 seconds, you know, yeah. 45 seconds, a lap at Le Mans. But those just, or just keep add up and keep adding up. I mean, through the years. Uh, and so we're kind of just seeing like you have to nail A consistent pace to be run with everybody else just to like almost run with everybody else just so that you're not falling behind um because just even if you are lacking a little bit of that top end speed like you're just not going to be able to make up any of that time anywhere throughout the course of 24 hours like there's just not that time to do it anymore
0: and and the interesting thing for Porsche was that it wasn't just three or four tenths a lap. It was seconds a lap and, and they ran into problems as well. So it was just a very un-Porsche-like event from the factory Porsche team. And in a class of only eight runners, uh, it kind of put a bit of a mute on what well, has traditionally been like the the main show in Le Mans for the last few years. Absolutely. I
1: mean, well, I mean, car counts being down is going to be is going to definitely affect it but yeah it um especially because we're i we've just been so used to seeing porsche being up there Mm. running up front anyway i mean since what 2011 2012 when they were kind of jumping back into their uh their pro gt team Efforts like they've just been con- crushing it, so it's just kind of if they are ever off a little bit slight of pace, um, you know, just to not see them be competing up front, you're kind of like, Oh, what's wrong? Yeah, not necessarily like, Oh, you know, for Ferrari's driving away from it, uh, you know, it's, be, it's you know, whoever yeah. is driving away from it, it's just kind of like, Oh, what's 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 wrong? Yeah. Excuse me, what's wrong with
0: Porsche, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and they, they languished to 5th and 6th in class, the last two classified finishes. It would have been 6th and 7th had the number 71 AF a Ferrari not suffered a drive shaft failure on the last lap of the race. They were sitting in 5th place, 4th place in fact. And, yeah, the the drive shaft just completely ruined itself. So, on the last lap, a uh, non-classified finish for AF Corsa. That's shades of Toyota in 2016, right? Had to had to chuck it in. Had to chuck it in. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, that one. Yeah, that, would, uh, that was when they almost won the Yeah, when they almost won for the uh,
1: For the first time. Yeah. And it would have been such a sweet, and it would have been such a <laughs> wonderful victory, because it would have been against a worthy opponent, you know? Yeah. So, they wouldn't have had... You know, although... Let's okay.
0: Here we go. Soapbox comes out. <sighs> Cookie Austin Zetzman, everyone. On the soapbox. So <laughs> twenty sixteen.
1: Uh the turbo uh g- clamp thing, whatever, uh that keeps the pressure up doesn't explode or whatever or um unhinge itself stupidly and the car like basically goes around and uh uh, Kaz Nakajima wins it, and uh, Toyota basically just cries, and everybody cries, and everybody's just like, This is the, the amazing blah blah. Um, so what happens like right now? The Toyota just run away, right? Like, Toyota just don't they they can just leave. I mean, even if so, Porsche leaves, they stick around for whatever, like, they don't really need to do anything. And I, I genuinely do feel that I, I, I don't feel like this is still Toyota is in it because they are just they've won the last three years all blah 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 blah. like i feel like anybody who's anybody that knows anything about Lamar always has this weird asterisk or at least talks about it from like an aspect that they just never beat competition you know citing all these examples and all this other stuff so i don't know i feel like in a weird way 2016 might help be responsible for toyota just like literally being a pillar for the wc to be like yeah hey guys, like, these guys aren't going to leave until, like, we, we get a bunch of people to join so yeah. that, like, they can you. Like, please come. Like, seriously, if the WC didn't have that, because I feel like IMSA doesn't really have that sort of right now. That or at like, all right now. It's a huge advantage for the WC in yes. Le Like, it's just such a big deal. And I don't know if they would have that yeah, if I, 2016 didn't go the way that it did. I agree. Weird take.
0: Um, okay. So there was something that uh, got posted to the sub uh, in the week after Le Mans, uh, question, uh, posing the question to everyone: What is the TSO50's legacy? Uh, like, how will it be remembered? Of course, it's a three-time Le Mans winner, but on one hand, you have those Le Mans wins against privateers, against naturally uh, sorry uh, ICE-only competitors, against uh, teams with significantly reduced budgets, teams that aren't factories. So you know, all of them have been easy wins. Uh, when it had did come up against competition. It lost, and it lost in dramatic ways. It lost when it shouldn't have. It didn't take the victory against the likes of Porsche, against the likes of Audi uh, in 2016 and 2017. So it's a very interesting question uh, to to debate the legacy of what is a three-time Le Mans winner because I tend to agree with you, Cookie. Had Toyota won in 2016, they would have likely won in 2017 as well because the monkey's off the back and you can be a yep. bit more relaxed about it. So that means you're not as likely to make mistakes you're not as likely to be as tense and you know had they done that had they defeated Porsche in those two years they might have gone well we've taken our win against worthy competition we might just go and it's yeah it's meant that Toyota stuck around they've got their Le Mans win fantastic they got another Le Mans win and another cool cool and noble um but it's I mean you can only beat who you have in front of you and part of that is the track of course and they've done that but it's like you know have they really done that
1: yeah and I mean that's that's really I think a that's a thing that I don't that it feels weird to say or talk mm. about because I, I feel it is not a tangible it's not really a tangible thing that anybody can discuss but at the same time it kind of I feel like is yeah. Because this is really unique. I I just I I while you're saying this, I'm just trying to think of different you know series, different um you know different types of racing that have had like rivalries or at least dominating performances, but it's usually come because they've defeated X or Y yeah. or you know it, they competed against whatever. And I feel like there's that bar where you're like, "Okay, they genuinely are This this you know that much better yeah and we don't we don't look at Peugeot's you know wins in the early 90s and compare them to Porsche's wins in the 80s not and really I mean Peugeot had probably slightly more tougher competition than Porsche did but just simply because Porsche had pretty legendary competition that they eventually did get to deal with for a number of years with Mercedes and Jaguar um and Nissan that and Nissan yeah yeah uh and a little bit even toyota you could say that like it kind of cemented their own kind of legacy yeah. so i feel like that's what toyota has been trying to do since basically the late 80s and i feel like they're at they're at that bar but f- for not i guess their own luck they don't have the extra like you know storyline behind this success that they can that they feel and i feel genuinely that they can walk around and tout like every other person can yeah. i mean you walk around porsche's wins and they're like you're like they've earned all of those yeah <laughs> like they have how many <laughs> and it's it's not like oh yeah well they got them when when there's no competition you're like no, no no they won all of them because i i don't care that's a, just as a staggering amount and they have earned that kind of respect that it doesn't really matter. To yeah, me. So, I, so, so, I, I think that's,
0: that's what I mean. I, I think the way to solve that is to just keep winning. Do what Audi did in the two thousands, where they didn't have, you know, the same top level competition, where you were looking at, you know, very fairly underfunded teams from the likes of Cadillac or, uh, you know, Panos and those sort of things, where where they're not really competing in the same league. And then when someone does come with actual competition, like Peugeot did in the late two thousands uh then beat them as well and then you go look even though we were facing poor or lesser competition for years when the competition came we were there and we still beat them like i think that's the the only way you can really uh reconcile that uh that sort of uh like emptiness in competition is to keep going until competition comes um Which which, which Porsche did, which Porsche did with Group C, you know, Porsche killed Group C in the first six years of its existence by just having so many cars and having such a leg up on everyone else that it took two or three years when the competition did come for the competition to overcome that. And if you think back to the first race that Porsche lost, 1988, they only lost that by less than a minute. I like uh, you know, that's a staggering staggering uh staggeringly small gap for a car that had been developed, you know, six, seven years ago. Yeah. No, I mean you you
1: you bring up a great point just from that aspect. I mean, to me though, I would even look at the uh the role of having a different category or a prototype category where, you know, where some of these teams can even look into going and sidestepping to go that way. Okay. And that's that's a whole different discussion for another time. Yeah. But um yeah no I I I do think that there that 2016 did play a role in how and how much the WCA has been able to pivot the hypercar category in you know into a solid tangible thing that you know remains to be seen from IMS's effort with LMDH at this point because mm. I, I just it Cadillac doesn't seem like they're very strong footed into it acura seems like they they'll be in it but i don't know yeah and from that you're like i don't know
0: let's leave that discussion for another time because that's a whole thing and i have some words uh let's uh, focus back on lamar turret's race uh in the end it was once again the number eight squad that took victory their third win in succession so three wins in a row for boy and nakajima uh making them the first pair to win consecutive, three consecutive races since Bieler, Christensen and Capello back in two thousand to two thousand and two. Um so yeah. great for them, Brendan Hartley. How
1: everybody respects them.
0: So yes. That's what I mean. Uh and Hartley notched up a more a slightly more unique uh Le Mans achievement being the uh I think it's fifth driver to win in the L M P one era overall with two separate marks, uh which includes uh, I think it's Christensen with Audi and Bentley. Um, Beeler with Audi and Bentley. And oh no, it's Capello with Audi and Bentley. And then his Porsche stablemates Bernhard and Dumas, who both won with Audi and uh Porsche. So good job for him. Uh, but they didn't have it all their own way. Uh, They were running 1-2 overnight, and then the number seven car suffered a turbo issue, which brought them into the garage to fix it for, I think, five or six laps. So it wasn't as easy and as clean as it has been in a few previous years, Uh, but they managed to take the victory. Uh, But you really have to feel for the number seven squad. Again, it is their car that is afflicted by something going wrong. And I believe they were leading, yeah, they that's, were they were leading well. quite comprehensively. They had a lap lead, yep.
1: Yeah, that 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 car is just cursed. I mean, it is. And any odd number with Toyota, just don't pick uh, that to unlucky win number seven. Uh, wait, or was it the six that had the turbo? It problem was the six, yeah, it was the six. Okay, well, I, I'll find a correlation between both, <laughs> them, so don't worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's and that's why. You know, it just takes one extra little snap of something to go wrong for the number eight. And we have a completely different discussion. And it's the best Le we've seen in 20 years for no reason other than like the Goliath was defeated. You know, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like to that end, you know, this this is a decent payoff in itself just from the aspect that look one of they're not bulletproof. And um, and Rebellion was able to capitalize with that.
0: And and it was tense, yeah. It was tense because the number eight. You saw smoke coming out of the number eight, like immediately after the number seven to come into the pits. There was trails of smoke, and everyone was just like, "Oh my god, it's gonna happen! It's happening, guys! It's happening!" But then it didn't happen, and the Toyota just trucked on. So it was it was quite tense for a little while I, overnight there, and it was looking a little a little scary. But the the did the Toyota things they just powered through it, and yeah, won the race.
1: Yeah, and uh, thank you. Tip of the cap to Toyota for coming. And uh, we'll we'll move on to next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Rebellion Racing were looking for a double podium. They uh, Once the Toyota had their issue, the Bicolos did Bicolos thing, lost its rear wing going into the Forest S's and then chugged uh. around the track somehow, managed to get to the pits, and then they were like, no, nah, we can't fix this. So it, uh. it was a valiant effort from, I think it was uh, Dillman in the car to get that car back, because it was just I mean, such an
1: appropriate retirement. I mean, <laughs> such an appropriate, like, it, if it wasn't going to be on fire, like, <laughs> bodywork failure is, like, the next Bicolos well- thing that you would ever expect expect from that car yeah so.
0: that, that wasn't the first time they've lost their rear wing i remember back when the wc raced in the nurberg ring yeah. this is going back yeah. 2015 the same thing happened going into the first corner the rear wing just whoop and somehow yeah, yeah it's just uh it's just one of those bike holes things uh can't <laughs> wait to see them back next year by the way uh they announced their lmh project uh for next year which will be really really cool
1: i wonder what, sure how much their hyper car is going to be and whether or not Again, they should just have like a, a like just two like just exhaust ports that are for nothing other than just a channel fire in case it <laughs> engulfs the block of flames. Yes. To direct it away from the occupants inside the vehicle. I feel <laughs> like that would be appropriate. Yeah,
0: brilliant. That's that's planning for failure. That's brilliant. Um, hey,
1: it's a safety feature.
0: Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Uh <laughs> nicely done. Uh so they, they retired from the race, so it left the two Toyota's two rebellions. Uh rebellions were looking okay they weren't struggling but they weren't really quick uh you know meneses set a really fast lap in fact he set the fastest lap of the race i think it was oh no it was bruno Senna in the number one rebellion um but they ran into a little trouble they had a pit stop with about four hours left where they had to come in and fix a few things so they lost about you know two or three laps well i think it was two or three minutes rather in that then they were fighting for the podium with the number three car with uh Duma Berton, and Delatraz, and then Delatraz made a mistake in the in Tur- No, sorry, in Indianapolis in Arnage. Uh, ran the car wide, hit the wall, had to replace the bodywork, which meant that they dropped off the podium. It was not the cleanest finale for rebellion, and it ended up being the finale for rebellion. But they weren't as far away sort of. as they have been in years past. Uh, so, yeah. what what are your thoughts? Was it a, a fitting farewell or a kind of a, a a a trail off a trailing off whimper that rebellion finished their life with an appropriate
1: privateer uh, ending? I don't know. I mean, the privateers we they've not done anything for a long time, and so I don't know. I feel like this is, you know. Uh, they had as good of a shot. it was basic it, it was basically they had a couple free hits on the on the heavyweight or something like that yeah, okay. deal and uh and then see where they could dice it up with a judge vote at the end of it kind of thing, but I mean yeah, so it's a it's an admirable. They've got they've got a couple podiums I feel like at Le Mans now, a couple I think they have two second places. Uh no, they've they, not...
0: they have one second place. Uh this is their best their best result. Uh they've ha- had result. a podium in twenty seventeen and no, a podium twenty eighteen, uh finishing third, and they got their podium finish from twenty seventeen taken away from them for messing with the bodywork. As an LP two car. Oh, that's
1: right. That's right. And, and yeah, the dumbest I mean, thing about
0: that, sorry to jump over the top of you, Cookie, is if they'd run an LMP1 that year, they would have won that race. Uh, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh well. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> did they even have the opportunity to do that though? I mean,
1: they had the oh, LMP1 uh, sitting yeah. there. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they did have it. Well, I mean, in the in the new bodywork remake kind of thing, they still had the old kit.
0: Kind yeah. Of. So they it just, would.
1: They just stepped down that yeah.
0: year they, they stepped down to the yeah, LMP2 it, was, it
1: wasn't yeah it wasn't the basically the Eureka lmp2 that they brought back up yeah. later it was it was a different one um but no i mean yes i would say so i the the only thing is that it was just a lot of like i wish that i saw more from them because they were it, they felt like such a stable like, outfit, and whenever they came to LEM, LMS, when I remembered them, and doing a lot of other stuff in other uh, other classes, they were, like, the cream of the crop, so you kind of felt like when they were in LMP 1, 2, they were gonna do something, or at least, like, push some envelope, whatever, and they've just been the most, like, safety, blanket kind of team, even though they've been hit with their own engine issues and reliability problems, too, for over the years as well, but, I don't know, I, I just feel like the last two or three years i feel like this was the time if you're going to do anything if you're going to go out at all like and basically just make toyota beg for forgiveness for signing up to let you basically run over them but still have all of this you know um you know success ballast, it would be now like just dump whatever you can in it now and they kind of just were doing this like basically like they didn't have a lot of money and were just trying to win off of getting pace in other ways. And it was just like, like that's that that's a norm. That's what you normally do in any other year. But like this last two or three years is your time to do it. And then now you're announcing that you're not going to race anymore. So it's like, I mean, uh, come on, man. Like it it just kind of felt weak, you know, but Mm. it's a, it's a good finale for them. Obviously winning would have been better, but I just, I wish I saw more, Results, I guess, from them, I guess, is uh, where I'm trying to go. And
0: there that. were an extremely well-drilled team. We know that from all of their work in other categories and over the years. Nothing to show for it
1: is yeah. kind of so bummer, you know. And, and and that's that's where I feel like there's a huge disparity with it too. It's just kind of like I feel like they deserved better on yeah. at least on the score sheet, but then at the same time, I I can't say they did. So. Mm. Well right. they, you, you... They,
0: they will take a privateer L M P one privateer championship again, even though that's not uh. a thing. They did beat the only other L M P one privateer, which didn't Oh I roll. Yeah, I, I roll. know, right? It uh, lost its it's lost bodywork that's how it, that's how it and, beat the other one and and the championship as well uh overcoming the valiant uh, effort from team LNT which we will talk about at another time because I have words about that as well uh they did take two I'm wins
1: of so course itself into a wall that's basically how they won the the privateer got I, I yeah see, I know
0: that's what I'm about, I know that's what I'm talking about yeah it's, it's it's a similar sort of conversation about the Toyota, like the TSO50 it's like what is rebellion racing's legacy well who do they beat? They beat by collars. They beat Janetta. They didn't beat uh, SMP the entire time. So you know, are they really as good as they their results show? You know, it's it's You're right, it. man. Like that's and then again, like the aspect of the
1: IMSA thing is so annoying that they that they can't do the same thing because I understand it, but it's still so freaking annoying. So that you can't even in times where you, where you have this competition between the two you know series where this definitely just needs a peg just needs any peg just let it go run amuck in dps just destroy those those cars like i don't care i just want to see some like base level competition of people that give an absolute crap about their job yeah and get and this car runs over them because that's that's how everybody's described it that's how i believe it to be but it's hard to like hard to genuinely believe it when i never see it and yeah. again rebellion love them but they finished 5 laps
0: down dude and that was finish 5 laps down and that was only with minor problems that yeah. exactly yeah um remember in IMSA just as a complete sidebar when the LMP2 cars actually was comp- were competitive against the the DPIs and won races because of better strategy and better car pace and being better teams some of the best races and I and I have those saved on my server
1: not because the LMP2s won it but just because of the genuine strategy and like and just out of the blue kind of oh I didn't expect that person to be like up front it kind of felt like grandam days of old where you just kind of all the cards were sort of the same but you would have pace difference, or you'd have strategy differences that were like,
0: "Okay, my mind just got blown." Yeah, and,
1: uh, yeah. A couple of years in IMSA were like that, and it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I yeah. I missed that season of IMSA 20, 2017. That was a good season of IMSA. Ah, uh, Colin Brown, man. He's oh my, my he's god, my driver
1: right? of the year for me for IMSA. That was he was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, basically dragging Jordan Bennett to a uh, Jordan Bennett, John Bennett to almost a, to a championship, almost to like, a championship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Their their strategy at that dumb Laguna Seca race was the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was like meme central and they almost won America, it. They yeah. ran out of fuel on the, the cooldown lap. That yeah, was yeah. oh ah oh, okay. We're, speaking uh, LMP2, Im, we speaking of LMP two, we should there in the chat here.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> recapping uh, MCUs of old.
0: Yeah. Uh LMP two, we should talk about lmp two. That's a nice little segue point because LMP two was fire. Uh if yes you were United or Order Sports and Yoda slash JCDC. If you weren't United Order Sports and Yoda slash JCDC, you weren't in the conversation. But if you were, it was fire. Yeah, the uh, the battle back
1: and forth for the lead and just, I mean, even if you stepped away and you knew the strategy, like in terms of who would be jumping up and down, I would, I would go away, like make food or something like that, come back, and I would see like the running order completely jumbled. I'm like, what what the <laughs> hell did I just miss? And then, again, like, and then, but it's just like this ever looping strategy, like cycle of just position changes. Yeah, it was fascinating, and no one was like dropping. There was no real like huge pace drop off. I mean, there was a little bit, but you saw like an incredible, just just all out assault at the front of the field, pretty much, just to try to win. Mm. And I'm happy to say, much I I think I did indeed pick the 22 to win yes so you did you picked the 22 to
0: win you picked the 8 to win and then i think you also picked the wrong aston martin to win in the pre-race show so that's like I two out 90 of th- i thought i picked the 90 didn't oh I yeah yeah you picked the tf sport car as well so yeah,
1: like f- and then i saw the aston martin i said an aston martin would win. i didn't pick the aston martin but i did say an aston martin would win
0: hey yeah, like three out of four ain't bad well done yeah, Cookie. so, I'm so proud yeah, of yeah. I, I, i'll take my bow thank you <laughs> <laughs> the 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 one time that we actually do good picks on endurance chat we have to say it. I have to, because
1: again, if I, I'm going to do like the next like eight picks because now I did this one well, all of them will be terrible yeah. and I will say nothing about it for the next like year and a half and all of the next episodes. Well, well okay. So, like like okay. We,
0: we, we're good at two things. We're good at picking for Lamar and we're good. And like Kiwi and myself are good at picking for Bathurst. Like other than that, we know nothing. All of our picks are just off, just entirely See? Had, you had uh, SVG winning it, though. I did. I did have SVG... By the way, Bathurst spoilers. If you haven't watched Bathurst 1000, which is now a month old, uh, I did have SV- SVG and Tanda winning it, and I did also pick uh, Waters and uh, and Davison oh, as God. my top three. So wow. I was well chuffed. Wow.
1: Wow. 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 I mean, uh, uh, I will say that was, that was extremely... It's a great race, and also, like, I'm still shocked... Uh, at uh, at the run up the hill, uh, what's his face stuffing it in the wall? That oh, wink up! Oh my uh, god, that's yeah, a that was a rookie ending. mistake. That's yeah, that was that was so crazy. I mean, he like he left the root but he, but but everybody knows like if you're a rookie doing that, you're going to the wall. Like yeah. you just like you you break because that guy's gonna go flying into the wall like every single time. So that was that was shocking. I was like, wow, okay. So now this is gonna be an interesting race. So. I was almost about to fast forward for th- through some of it, and that's when the that's <laughs> when the wreck happened. And I'm like, okay, I can't now because that's gonna that just blows this whole thing up.
0: So. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, we, we have to
1: keep talking about Lamar. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, um, sorry. Lamar. LMP two. LMP two. Yeah. Lots of retirements uh, and some disqualifications, not classified too, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Like this this class had everything.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the disqualification first because that was really really out there that's something that i haven't seen in my lifetime and hasn't in fact happened in my lifetime at lamar uh until last uh last race so uh the leading car at that point the number 37 united uh jackie chan dc racing car uh had an alternator failure and stuck was stuck uh, i can't remember because it happened while i was asleep that i got stuck and i think it was at was it at church rouge was that area of the track there, yeah. yeah. So anyway, what happened was it suffered a broken alternator. They couldn't get it back to the pits. They somehow managed to revive the car, get it back into the pits, and repair it. <laughs> Lost twenty two laps. It was like, okay, well, they're out of the race. Four hours later, it comes to light that uh, they received a component from a team member who went out to the track and passed it to the driver, which is a direct violation of the rules around outside assistance at Le Mans. So they got disqualified. Like, black flag, that's it, your day's done. And they didn't contest it. They're like, yep, we got found out. They got black flagged. They got disqualified. The first time a team has been disqualified for violating outside assistance since 1994, in which a Callaway Corvette got black flagged for the same thing. That is literally not in my lifetime. That is like a month Uh, before I was born. uh,
1: It's, it's, I I mean... I don't know what to say because I mean, really, that is, um, like I, I want to kind of just laugh at him, like just smirk, and be like, uh, I like, hey, fair for you for trying, I guess, like try to get away with it. But I, I mean, I don't know how would you do that? I get, I-, I guess they probably inter- intercepted radio transmission of it.
0: But well, someone's uh, seen it or a marshal seen it? Like, I don't know how you think you would get away with that when there is no spectators and all the marshals are just watching. Like, okay, right, it, right, it, right, beggars right, right. it beggars belief. It beggars belief. All right. Take your, uh, your. We're gonna remove the uh, uh, Michael. You're
1: gonna remove your podcast ear your, earphones your right now, and you're gonna put on your uh, Marshall's cap. Yep. How would you? Uh, how would you interpret a situation like that in front of you?
0: So what? A, a team member,
1: like, like what? Like, right. So you're not. You're probably. You can't stop them. You see like them probably like holding something, I guess, and you just like radio it into. Yeah. So, but I, I think it was later on that that happened. So it felt like the investigation happened like later on. It wasn't like instantaneously as soon as like they we're trying to get back to the pits. That's when they got the black flag. Like it was later on when the, they were still going, I think they were like making another stint. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: So uh, like if if I was a marshal and I witnessed something like that, I have seen uh, like team members come up to the wall uh, on on certain marshal posts where there's, you know, where there's more access. I haven't, you know, Marshalled enough different events where that happens enough endurance events to, to sort of, get, a, get a, a sort of scope but like if you if you look back to say 2012 when the, the Delta Wing went in the wall and I can't remember his name but the Japanese driver spent like three hours trying to fix that with the team you, you would see the team lined up on the other side of the fence and they were there to help him but they weren't passing any components to him um, so you kind of I guess you would make note that the driver, that there is someone from the team at the wall and then you just kind of keep an eye on it. And then if you see anything shady happen, go, hang on, They uh, there might have been a passive component and you radio that into race control and it gets investigated, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think the fact it came out hours later kind of indicates that they did their due diligence. They didn't just jump into it without thinking about it. Because cause no one had heard it. No one... Uh, there was no communications prior. It just kind of came out black flag, and everyone was like, "What?" Yeah. And then they explained it, and it was just like, "Wait, really?"
1: Uh, yeah. And again, it was just kind of like a, "Oh, you, you, you mangy bastard." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, Well, you got caught. Get, get in here, you little scamp. You know. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I enjoyed it just from the like tomfoolery aspect of it but yeah it's uh I, something that we haven't seen in a very long time
0: uh that's for sure so it was transmitted by the race director so that implies in, in to me that a marshal has seen it and reported it so yeah there you go uh so that was that was the 37's day done that left a three-way battle for the lead between the two united autosports cars and the number 38 uh joda uh, sport car um There was an interesting tussle there because through the night, it seemed that the 32, the Van Oetert and Alex Brundle car and Will Owen car had a bit more pace, but they ran into an oil leak. They had a a fixed fuel line fracture, um, which took 45 minutes to fix, which dropped them out of the order. And by the way, Van Oetert got back in the car and set the fastest lap of the race within like five minutes of getting back out on track. And it was like, damn, that car could have quite easily won. Um, But it was a bit of a story like that for LMP2. There was a lot of competitors, a lot of real race contenders who had issues and dropped well away. And it was a story of a few really good recovery drives from the lack of Alpine, from G-Drive, who almost did a double recovery uh, to get back into the fight. And it was kind of a who can get back in and who can't. And the, the thing was that United and Jota were just so far ahead that no one really had a chance to strike them. And again, I I feel like
1: even um, even saying this in reviewing it, you're like, okay, well, it's not really that great in in terms of just like really 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 competitive, uh, huge parity, blah, blah blah. But I mean, even still, the aspect that you would have two of these uh, teams, and even to a certain extent for a lot of the racers, like three, uh, that were that far ahead on pace and were just constantly basically trying to one up each other for most of the race, I feel like, is a feat in itself, hmm. just from the aspect that it should have been a lot more close throughout the yes. most of the field. And it has been yes. over the last few years.
0: I, I, so... I- and I think losing, like in the first lap, losing the Alpine car for a water leak, which then they recovered, they ended up finishing fourth. You know, they had a great recovery. And had they not had that problem, they would have been in the mix for potentially a race win. You know, it cost them three laps. What was the gap at the end? Three laps. Yeah, uh, the, the G-Drive racing car, they had an electrical problem, which cost them three laps. And then they had a suspension failure, which cost them another lap. What was their gap at the end? Three laps, you know, they could have won. They could have been in that fight. They deserved to be in that fight. I think the only one that got t- that lost out because of an issue, uh, that then didn't really recover. Was uh was racing team Netherlands and and Dragon Speed Dragon Speed had a friggin awful event they you know were nowhere the entire race because of a variety of problems but racing team Netherlands I expected them to be able to come back into the fight but they just spent so much time in the gravel in the garage doing other things instead of running laps. And it was disappointing. It was a very bad day for Fritz van Erd, of course, because his team also, the team that he sponsors in the Tour de France, also lost the Tour de France that day as well. So big Fs in the chat for Racing Team Nederland. Big Fs for Fritz, everyone. We got got two Fs. (laughs) Wow. Good. (laughs) But yeah, it was a story of of remarkable recovery drives uh, versus just two consummate professionals that ran away with it.
1: And United just staking their claim as being brought up probably the best non, uh, non-OEM non uh, privateer prototype team in the world right now. I mean, I think that they would probably, if given the same tools that Rebellion would, would be able to beat Rebellion. Um, I, I just feel like they're, they are the gold standard mm. of prototype racing at this point. Um, you know, like I said, that isn't like a factory OEM kind of led team. So yeah. they are absolutely by far in my opinion they're just by far away the best uh lmp2 team right now well uh you know whatever
0: yeah and, and you know the results speak for themselves i mean it, it, until last weekend where they came second for the first time they had won every single lmp2 race that they had entered since november 2019 <laughs> it, that includes all WEC events, that includes all ELMS events, and often getting double podiums as well. So they yeah. they won, I think their streak was, oh, let's do some maths here. It was four ELMS races and six WEC races, so they had ten wins on the trot. It includes Le Mans, it includes a Drivers, champ, drivers and Teams Championship in the WEC, it includes a Drivers and Teams Championship in the ELMS, it was... Uh, it, you know we used to joke about G drive being in the evil empire no it is now united auto sports united auto sports are the evil empire from star wars in LMP2 i
1: i feel like and again where where people uh, i i've always i've been a, i've been a fan of united auto sports, but i've seen this coming anyway <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i've just
0: i've seen where this is
1: oh, they're, I they're mean- a good structured team and outfit like they want to race their entire thing is that, they're like they're like what I remember from like Flying Lizard back in the day for yes. Alemas, yes, or TRG that kind of thing where they're just like, yeah, we're gonna be like really good and we want to be here for a while, so we're just gonna do everything correctly. And screw y'all. Yeah. And that was basically what United Autosports have done for the last five years. And honestly, it makes it that much more hilarious that they stuck with Ligier that long. Uh, <laughs> well, just they to were... see that this entire difference of pace.
0: They were the, the Ligier outlet in the UK. They were the factory well, factory team for the UK. Like, that, if you wanted a Ligier and you were based not in France, you went to United Autosports. So, like... Yeah, I- imagine if United had been running Oricas from 2017. Like, they do- they would have been unstoppable.
1: Yeah, w- we would have been like, come on, Roman. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Defeat United Autosport. Well, you could do it
0: G-Drive. That would be such
1: Oh, man. I feel I feel so dirty even yep. saying that right now. And, but yeah, they are just so they're such a good outfit. I mean, to, to it, I natural.
0: mean, it, it does help when your Silver Drivers, you know, Phil Hansen, Will Owen, and, you know, Job van Oytert are future professional drivers. Like they, they they're absolutely going to be the, you know, uh m- uh, Matteo Vaxiviers or, uh, yeah. you know, L- lapiers or Borgers of the future, these guys. The Alex Brundles of the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of yeah. Lapierre, uh, thus ends his 100% winning record in LMP2. His Cool Racing team finished 8th, which is a bit sad. And and they got a penalty as well for a drive time infringement. So big sads for, for Cool Racing. Yeah, that's enough in chat. Uh, let me hear that in <laughs> <love the> chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a a few really interesting results in the top 10 of, uh, LMP2. Let's just, let's just go through them. So United from Joda, the gap at the end was about 33 seconds. That's, uh, you know, there was a, a a little bit of tension at the end because, um, the late safety car, uh, you know, really caused a a splash and dash. They weren't quite going to make it on fuel. Um, but then Joda bluffed it anyway. And then, you know, United could just do whatever they want, uh, Patter's Racing finishing third, the, the local French team uh, with Julian Canal, who is uh, Mr. McDonald's at Lamar, they finished third. They were an absolute sleeper throughout the race and just snuck their way into the top, t- uh, like the top three right at the very end. Really good result for them. Uh, Alpine finished fourth after their recovery. G-Drive were going to finish third and then had their suspension fail with an hour left, so they finished fifth. Idex Sport, uh, the number twenty-eight car. They, uh, you'd almost say it's disappointing for them to finish in six, but they finished in six. Algarve Pro, really, really good result for them in seventh. You know, their factory Goodyear, uh, team there. Cool Racing, we mentioned, uh, finish eighth. Uh, the Rickard Mille racing team that was uh finished ninth, a really, really good result for, for the for the ladies there. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they, uh, I think Calderon's, uh, stock in particular has gone up quite a bit with their result. Because they, they, they just had a nice clean race. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't get involved in anything. They didn't have they didn't have the outright pace, but that was fine. When they got past, it yep. didn't matter. They finished the mm-hmm. race and they had no problems, and it was a really good result.
1: Easy top ten.
0: Mm. Um, and uh, settler rounded out the ten. The uh, leading delay. Yeah. Go yeah. go go! You Italian boys. And yep. uh, the Idex board. actually. I forgot about the IDEX sport cars. They started the race a lap down because of crashes and qualifying. So for them to get sixth and eleventh is actually great.
1: Yeah, uh it's a great recovery drive for them and just uh, and this is where the kind of disappointment starts getting into with Dragon Speed cars. Yeah. Even the spirited uh uh of twenty four hours. Oh my god, the uh, Graf racing graph, car. Oh yeah, getting the not classified there at the end, that was horrible. That was uh, a big crash just-
0: as well, a big crash for James Allen. And yeah. I, I we never got a replay. I don't think they caught it. We only saw the aftermath. And I'm not sure whether or not that's a component failure or a fatigue mistake, because it could be either going in. I, I, I think at that angle, it's... Because it, you'd expect a component failure to happen on the peak load, which is in the middle of the corner, which would send you more into the gravel trap. But it happened so late in the corner, I... I I I hope it wasn't a fatigue yeah. mistake. Yeah, I, I I yeah, that's what it
1: kind of seems like. Yeah, it, it, that's it's such a tricky corner. I mean, that's such a because if you get it wrong, you get it wrong, and, and it usually won. ends badly. Yeah, or you spin out, or you you know brake locking into the gravel and you know going straight on. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's that that was such a tough one to watch too, because you're like, oh man, and there's no there wasn't really any shot for him to, to drive it back just nah. to recover at all, just to finish. It was done.
0: It was done. It was absolutely done. And that was such a shame because they were my spirit of the race, the spirit of twenty four. They were they were the, the breakout team, the team that I was so unexpected that they were doing that well. Uh James Allen, his first stint fighting with the likes of Felipe Albuquerque, Alex Davison, uh you know, he was unstoppable that was- in that first in. He he killed them. It was great. And then uh, I was actually quite impressed with Charles Molesi. I was not expecting. I, I had no idea who he was. Uh, apparently, he's a German or French Formula 4 talent. And he was he was putting in some quite respectable lap times. I was pleasantly surprised. I think that's going to be a name that we'll see a lot more of in the future.
1: Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, and again, that's this is just where LMP2 is just such a huge saving grace to Mans <laughs> yes. when LMP1 is suffering uh, just because of how uh, just how good the uh the teams are the parody is just perfect obviously with <laughs> when you only have basically one chassis to contend yeah. with it uh, makes it a little bit easier but um yeah it the racing has just been fantastic so i can't really complain too much and um it's it's not been boring mm. so that's all i ask really of lmp2 don't be boring and it it really is not it plainly
0: <laughs> wasn't it was uh, it and i like I've talked quite a fair bit about LMP2 here because I was actually in charge of covering the LMP2 race for daily sports car. So I was like neck deep. That was a great, you
1: you did a great job. Uh, Everything was really tangible. It was legible.
0: Uh, Your handwriting was very neat. Um, Uh, That's because it was a computer. Uh, No, thanks. (laughs) Thanks cookie. Uh, And I actually do want to talk a little bit about that because that was an experience in itself but I'll save it for a little later. Um, but I I like had a full spreadsheet going trying to track uh, the the pit stop strategies and everything not just between United Autosports and Jota but between the rest of the field and it was a incredibly complex race heading into that last stint and it could have been it could have been any of like five cars finishing on the podium in that last stint so it was you could not say it wasn't it was boring. You can't say that because it was just an enthralling strategy battle to get to that last stint, uh, and in the end, it was Panas Racing that had had the chops when everything came out in the wash. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do we want to mention anything more about LMP2? There was there was quite a bit going on. Yeah. What happened to Dragon Speed? Like we we were expecting so much of them, and then they were just were nowhere. They died. They died. Okay. Rest in <laughs> peace. Rip in pieces, Dragon Speed. Uh, and. Uh, should mention as well, uh, good results to finish the race for Inter Europol with all their problems. Uh, Nielsen Racing, yep. a great starting point for their first race in an LMP2 car, let's not forget, for Nielsen Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eurasian Motorsport, uh, Yamanaka realizing a dream of racing at Le Mans and finishing. Like, he spent three quarters of his time in the gravel, but he still finished the race. Yeah, and And, Roberto and, and as the leading Ligier. Could you? Would you have expected that? I'm not
1: even. No, I'm, I'm not even. Gonna, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we'll, now we're gonna talk about
0: LGT Pro. Uh, GT Pro. <laughs> okay, we'll we we'll jump down to GT Pro. Uh, them so, uh, after- what...
1: I think we beat LMP2's horrors to death, I think, at this
0: point. Uh there's there's still more horrors. I mean, you can talk about the gearbox failure for high-class racing. You can talk about Decayne getting pitched into the wall. You can talk about the second G-drive car getting uh, hitting the wall at Indianapolis and having their own problems. You can talk about Euro International's pained existence. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, you know, there's, there's there's more horror stories if you want to look at horror stories. I can find more horror stories for you, Cookie.
1: We're past Halloween.
0: Oh, yeah, damn it. It's true. The, the the holiday that everyone in the world forgets about except for America.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I forget about two, but I'm oh. not part of the world. I'm, I'm America, so. <laughs> I
0: don't know. So, LMP, so, GTE Pro. We talked a bit about GTE Pro already. <laughs> Aston Martin from AF Corsa. The gap was uh, 90 seconds at the end of the race. The Aston Martins were just. they They had the outright pace in the last half of the race. They just. Had the pace, A. F. Corsa melted a bit of a challenge in the first half of the race, but they really couldn't get on the tail, and it was a, a bit of a race in two as well because the other Aston Martin and the other A. F. Corsa car got uh, separated by a safety car, and they just couldn't recover. Yeah, and really, I, 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 I was gonna try to lean in and
1: disagree, but I, I, I can't. Yeah. Too much because honestly, Ferrari and Aston Martin, I would say, yeah, about until halfway, they, I, I, I thought it was gonna build into a pretty decent go between both of them because Ferrari did seem like they had enough to keep up with us. And I, but I will say though that uh, the Vantage does look really, really good. It just looks like it's a really, really good stable car. And I, I, I will, I don't, I would not be surprised if, you know, they just continue their, their winning ways after this. That, that car just seems very like they've spent enough time to figure out kind of how to make that car fast mm. while also. Making sure it's not too fast because they got, they definitely know that pretty well as well. But uh, it it was a pretty decent showing for Aston Martin. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely right. Uh, And they, you know, they've only just unlocked the pace from that car. You know, it, it hasn't, it's only been this season really that they've started to figure it out properly. Um, Because, you know, in seasons past, you know, when it was first introduced, it was kind of all over the place. The BOP was a little out in some places. Last year's Le Mans, there was that BOP change. We've explained it to death. The outright, like, they just couldn't hold on to the tyres. But the cooler conditions, I think, really advantaged, gave them an advantage. Advantaged them? In the Vantage? The Vantage was advantaged. Uh, oh because they d- ha had the luxury of being less concerned about their tire life and it paid dividends in the end
1: yeah uh and, and that's really where we kind of were wanting to see more from the Porsche team too because yeah. you might have some of these strengths kind of be more uh, exaggerated with some of the conditions unique conditions of when that this race was going to get held so yep. um but yeah i i, I the it would have been nice to see some of the privateer GT pros get a little bit higher up there, but I definitely understand the difference of pace between everybody there. So, yep. but good showing to see Ricci almost get uh, crack a podium, um, and WeatherTech to at least try crack the chassis. So. Yep, crack the chassis. Uh,
0: they got penalized for that. So if you didn't see the incident uh, coming to Church Rouge, two LMP2 cars come to pass the Ricci competition. Oh, uh, sorry, the WeatherTech Ferrari with V-Lander behind the wheel. First one gets through, uh, and then it was. Nick Defrize and the racing team Netherlands car that tried to shoot the gap. Pig uh V-Lander had already turned in, they made contact, VLander's in the wall, and he got penalized for it. He said he should have stayed out of the way. He was taking the racing line. He wasn't expecting another P2 car to come shoot a diminishing gap. Stupid decision. Stupid decision. Anyway, um enough about that. Uh interesting to note on the Aston Martin uh story that their results propels them to one and two in the championship. And in comparison, the dreadful race for Porsche drops them away to four and five in the championship. They were in the hunt together uh, prior to this race, and now it is going to look. It is looking like a battle between the two Aston Martins and the Pier Guidi Colado uh, Ferrari, uh, who finished in second place for the the W C Championship. Porsche have just completely lost out.
1: Yeah, they uh, uh, we need another ref. We just need another ref at this point for Porsche. Uh, I don't like this. Just, uh,
0: I want to. I want to get off of Mister Porsche's wild ride.
1: What about what about Petite? Just just think about Petite. There you go.
0: Ah, the twenty sixteen season. What a year. <laughs> No, it's not good. Uh it's not
1: gone good for uh any uh, Porsche Pro team in the GT category oh uh, anywhere this year. Really, let's just let's just lay that out there. Uh Yeah. I mean, they really didn't do anything at Nürburgring 24 either. They, so. like
0: even back at Bathurst, they were in the mix and then they weren't in the mix. It's uh, yeah, not, it's not, not been a good year to be a Porsche fan unless you're a sim racing fan and you watch the virtual 24 hours as every every good fan should. Michael. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but so yeah, um this uh, I think this is a good. This is a good um uh, personification of the class that we're just kind of like struggling to come up with anything right now. I it would be it would have been really great to see uh Corvette.
0: Eh yeah,
1: And the other two Porsches.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see extra entries. But, like, the Corvette the Corvette raced, what, at Coda? And was just trash? And had good BOP and just was nowhere? So, eh.
1: Yeah.
0: It would have been nice yeah. to have seen it. Uh, and the fact that Porsche's North American program shuts down after next weekend makes me very sad. And it would have been nice to see them as well. But, like, I, I don't know, like... GT Pro was, you had that intrigue between Aston Martin and AF Corsa, but I, I, I it got lost. It got lost. It, it, there wasn't enough going on to really keep it at the forefront of your mind. Like, not like LMP2. LMP2, you looked at it like five minutes later and the entire thing had changed. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward next to, to next year because I, I just think, uh, at the very
1: minimum, Corvette is just going to absolutely just stomp over Porsche at Le Mans next year. So... I mean I at least I'll, I at least that will be interesting to a fall I mean I think maybe maybe Aston Martin might be better but I just uh that Corvette just seems a little just too stable drives a little a little a little too good uh, for for Porsche to not worry about it so
0: and they're gonna be uh bringing in a bunch of new drivers it recently announced that Ollie Gavin has left that program or is retired from that program or has been released from that program so uh, a bit of a changing the guard in the Corvette camp as well um not setting even... Back concerns, I think I, I, I read somewhere earlier this year that he was
1: struggling with some back issues or something, okay. and I think it's related more of that. But I know a lot of Corvette fans are not happy with it, thinking it was more like the uh, um, Magnuson release, but I don't think so. I think that I think it's a more medical thing, but I don't have any sources on that. Okay. I, think I just read it somewhere.
0: So. You read it on Reddit?
1: Not Reddit. Not Reddit? It was an actual article. It was, it was a paid person that was a journalist. To
0: hey, journalists journalist post on Reddit. I post uh, on Reddit. Yeah. I've been paid as yeah, a journalist.
1: But, yeah, but, it, but with verified tags and everybody... I you could know,
0: give myself a verified tag.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so could I.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. And that's journalism. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Um... So yeah, that was GTE Pro. GTM was a much more interesting story. Yeah, let's talk about GTM. Let's talk about GTM yeah. and let's right, my, my talk a pick for a winner. Yeah, yes, right, you 90. picked the winner again. Well done. Uh Sally, you look, the first Turkish driver to race at Le Mans. The first Turkish driver to win a class at Le Mans. Congratulations, Sally. Yay, yay. Uh, and Clay Eastwood. Uh Charlie Eastwood. <laughs>
1: I think I did that at pre-race too and got like the the, the worst eye roll from... Yeah. Uh,
0: from all of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Through, um, through the microphones. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. They, they they were flawless. They did a flawless race. They had... Uh, they front-loaded Yolik's drive time so they got that out of the way and then Eastwood and Adam did what they needed to to break out a gap overnight. They were in a similar position to the number 98 car, but in fact, the number 98 car, the other Aston Martin, had done all of Dalalana's driving by the, I think it was the 18th hour, uh, so they had the luxury of putting in Ross Gunn and Augusto Fafus in the car for the end end of the race, and then they ran into problems! So sad. As you would. As you would. So sad, uh, it, it just... It hurts. It hurts so much that the the poor number, uh, number ninety eight car just it it can't catch a break.
1: You know what was surprising to me was that uh, the number fifty seven didn't win and wasn't penalized with a fuel, uh, fuel, fuel regulation error.
0: The number fifty seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be sorry. That's fine. Uh, that would be that was a.
1: Yeah, that that was a little uh ben keating dig there yeah that, well they, done i expect him to be well uh well higher up on that on the leaderboard
0: to be honest they they did not have a good race yeah well where they finished they finished 14th um oh, 14th honestly, that wasn't good 13 laps down so they must have had a problem uh at some point i i don't understand how they could have not had a problem it's possible <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh it yeah it was a good it was a good gtem showing i think
1: there was a quite a few number of leader changes and a decent number of cars that were leading uh the class uh throughout the race. So uh a decent amount of parity as yeah. far as I'm concerned through that. um and we de- we definitely saw just a bunch of different fluctuations of the top ten for different teams.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it was a similar story in LMP two, and it was an interesting sort of prospect with the the like driver concerns and the, the you know who would you put in the car because teams had a, a bunch of different strategies. So you know Jollick and Reed were in the car early and then didn't do any night stints, so they still had to do some time at the back end. But by that time, Yoloch and the number ninety car was just too far ahead. Uh, the seventy seven car, uh, you know, managed to get enough of Reed's drive time done. Uh, early enough to get Campbell in the car for that last stint, um, Peroto did all of their driver time, uh, all of his driver time overnight, so the AF, the AF Corsa car came back strong during the race, whereas the, you know, the number 99, the JMW car, the Lusich racing cars, they all kind of fell away, it was a, a really interesting mix, um, and I, it really propelled itself to a a thrilling finish. Uh, Not so much for the lead, because Jollick was just, you know, a safety car ahead when the safety car came out. But for second place and third place, you know, that battle at the end between Cairoli, Campbell, and Nielsen. Whoa, that was fire.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and just how much they were closing uh, within. You could just see the, uh, the potential for... Uh, just a really good fight at the end and just how close they were at the end. It was, it was a great, great battle. And just a couple of that too with LMP2 at the time where you didn't know for sure how that was going to play out because you saw some fuel saving and with Jota pushing. So uh, at the end, both of the, and I think I commented that too, both the M categories really just like really trying their hardest to keep putting on a show for everybody. So that was really cool to see.
0: And I actually quite liked that. I liked the fact that uh, there was a bigger emphasis on the AM categories this year because, honestly, they are, at times, the most interesting categories to watch. I mean, everyone, you know, wets their pants silly about the LMP1 race and the GTE Pro race because it's all factories and it's the absolute maximum, etc., etc. But the the amount of variables you get in the GTM category and the LMP2 category, I think more so with GTM, AM, uh, you, you can really engage yourself with a quite complex race, if you're willing to put in the the effort to to decipher it uh,
1: and i feel like you know a, a lot of this comes down to just the amount of competition so if you just have a lot of just have a lot of competitors in your class like there's just a there's definitely a cream of the crop aspect of it too but yep. I, I feel like there's a satisfaction uh portion to it the satisfaction. pro drivers satisfaction, satisfaction. uh Pro drivers would definitely, I, I feel like would definitely get more enjoyment or get more out of being able to win a category with an AM driver, you know, being able to help coach or prep or, you know, just get on the same, you know, comfort level as the AM drivers so that you are essentially just like modifying your own pro style to basically get the max out of an amateur driver that you're a co-driver with. And I think like, to a certain extent, some drivers, that's got to be extraordinarily satisfying to a certain extent equally satisfying as winning with two pro drivers where you're up against other pro drivers and a lot of it i feel like again is just it's going to be down to that competition and how how much you can set yourself and what that bar is set to yeah and uh and i feel like the way that the am categories are set up right now where you have that pro pro am um or that does itself well or pro am am
0: yeah I think It's it's really really cool. It's a real uh sort of added variable, and I think for certain pro drivers, it it's a very nice uh, attractive proposition. Maybe not all of the pro drivers. I don't think uh some of the more. I don't think, for example, a Sebastian Buemi would quite enjoy being in an AM car. Um, but for for others, it's 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 cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Montoya, uh, probably not
1: the best. <laughs> Pro-Am driver, but
0: listen. I mean, I mean, he's got the the physique of an Am driver. It fits right oh, in. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and uh, he's the only one that's submarine under a jet dryer. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, f- 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 Jesus, uh, where were we going with this? Uh Top five for the GTM category. We mentioned TF Sport. They did a great job to win that race. Dempsey Proton came in second off the back of a great final stint for Matt Campbell. Uh, Nicholas Nielsen put the AF Corsa 83 car in third Uh, both of them ousting Matteo Cairoli in the number 56 Team Project 1 car at the very end of the race Uh, Golf Racing took a fifth position Uh, Mike Wainwright, Ben Barker and uh, Andrew Watson I saw a stat uh, just today doing some preliminary reading, Ben Barker drove 46% of the the Le Mans 24 hours for that team 46% that's 11 hours and 40 minutes
1: that's a that, those are hero stents. So That's we a got. shift,
0: yeah. Damn. Uh JMW number sixty six came in sixth, so six 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 for that car. Uh It's mm-hmm. racing, the the brilliantly turned out uh number sixty one car. That ed- ended up in seventh place. They were the pole sitters, remember, with Comb Letegar mm-hmm. behind the wheel, so they dropped away quite a fair bit. And then you get to into the guys who had problems, you know, the number eighty uh, ninety eight Aston Martin suspension failure that was. Always, a always, big always big problems sad. with that car. Yeah. Uh, and it's just the, the, the well. What what does Lana do to to lift the curse, the Lamont curse on that car uh, on him? Uh, he enters as uh, Paul Lana Dala. <laughs> Paul Dalai Lama. He, no, you know what you should do. You should enter as a pro car. I mean, himself, Ross Gunn and Augusto Farfus. Like they could give they could give the pro cars a run for their money. Honestly, like at least,
1: or at least like Aston Martin should just just. Like as a nod of like, okay, we need to get you a win here. Just throw every either everything at him in GTM, or put him in like a third car GT Pro with like a bunch of legends, and just like have them have the best stuff and yeah, just see what happens.
0: So Paul Del, but, uh, uh, Paul uh, Delano, uh, Darren Turner, and Johnny Adam.
1: Yeah, and then and then just have uh and then just have Nick Tandy punt him. Uh, <laughs> Race
0: from the lead. Oh no. Ah, don't don't like that. Don't like that.
1: Oh, well, I mean we have to talk about where even Nick Tanny goes. <laughs> I mean I I, I heard it I heard a crazy rumor that he might even end up a corvette.
0: Oh no. Oh, that's no that's gross. I don't want uh, a nah. that would be absolutely gross. Put I don't the, even know what. I would put do. the brakes on that conversation straight away. Um Ugh. but they were, they were actually the best positioned car come hour 16 of the race. They had yep. done all of Paul Delano's driving time, whereas Salah still had two hours to go. They had Ross Gunn and Augusto Farfus, and they were only 20 seconds behind the lead. They should have won that race.
1: Yep. yep. Uh, along with 20, what is it, 15? Uh, Yes. Uh, 20... 16. 18, 16, 28. No, or it was, no it was there was another one too that they were they basically should have won that one as well yeah so they tri- they've they've, they should have won like four out of like the last 10 races at le mans and all and i would even say eight of the 10 races they've been competitive in yeah at le mans as well it's not been like where they haven't been just off to lunch they have been a couple of times but not very often i'm just still shocked they haven't won it
0: yeah it's it's the toyota at le mans story but for paul de instead I had to throw that in there. Uh, it, it, it like hurts my
1: soul, and I like I, I don't like you know. And there's not much soul left anyway. And I you know <laughs> I kind of over that hump. So, but I, that feels horrible just as somebody who knows it. So yeah. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. Uh, finishing the top ten was the Iron Links number 85, the Iron Dames. Uh, r- clean, non-eventful race for them, similar to the the Ricard Mill girls in LMP2. So they both finished ninth. So good on them. Uh, Dempsey Proton, the number 99 car, um. Inthrafu Vasak and Luca Legere with Julian Anlau finishing 10th, so good on them. Uh, Iron Links Proton Competition, AF Corsa, Team Project 1, Red River Sport, and the other Team Project 1 car were the other finishers. Havido Corsa had an engine failure, I think. The other Iron Links car had an engine failure. Uh, and. There was a few non-finishers, MI Racing, AF course spirit of race cars, all running into problems. But let's talk about the zombie Dempsey Proton car, the number yeah, eighty eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? That was that
0: was an interesting that was an interesting twist. Well, I I admired it to begin with. I love the fact that after making heavy, heavy contact with the wall at the the Forest S's, they took a grant like a, a an inordinate amount of time to get back to the pits. Like that was really, really cool. Um, their results after that, the you know, continued exiting into the gravel stage left and stage right and stage center. Uh, and their other impacts with the wall, I was a bit less enamored by. Um, and it was unfortunate that they didn't get classified. Uh, so it. W- what what are your thoughts i i put i put in our notes here endurance racing at its best or a wasted effort where would you put uh, that at, best. At, at its best it's absolute best
1: it's it, it, at its best when when teams do derpy stuff in the <laughs> moment and what 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 better what better derpy stuff to do than be completely off the pace in terms of any any real class, like any real result whatsoever and can just just when you're not when you're off the when you're off the back foot and you just keep going off the back it's it's kind of just like if there's a blowout in the first half or first quarter of a of a game or something like that and it's just not like you are going to lose by a lot but you can't just like walk off the field and just surrender you just have to play the rest of the game and i feel like that was part of this where they they just kind of were like well we are we are not do- we are not doing well. We're not going to be doing well, but we're going to just keep going. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't. It was starting to be a little bit not great when they were kind of making a mess of things. But <laughs> you know, outside of that, I appreciate it. That's that's kind of what you want. And yeah, it, it's it sucks, but I, I still feel like. If I was a member of that, it's it's just kinda like, well, that was that was our twenty twenty year Le Mans. Like everything that didn't want to go right didn't go right and we didn't even get
0: classified. Yeah, you know,
1: like that's just some that's just kind of like a ah like throw your hands
0: up the air and laugh at it kind of thing. They were running at the finish though, which in itself is yep. an yep. amazing achievement. They were, in fact, what? I think the last car to cross the finish line. I'm just having a look at the yep. numbers here. Yes, they were. They were the last car to cross the finish line as well. So <laughs> I, I think that sums up their race, really. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, in, in terms of like operating costs, you know, that's that's money that's happening. Um, but you know, sponsor. But I, I just, it was. I, I wanted to like it. I, I liked the fact that they got back to the pits and got back out on track. I didn't quite like the fact that they kept going after they kept making more mistakes. But on the yeah, other hand, either, but what was I that? Like sorry, the, uh, that's like that's
1: it's you know they get
0: the Spirit of Lamar Award for me. Yeah, so. Well done. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's fair. They did their best. They tried their hardest, and they didn't even get a participation trophy. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Um,
1: Alright, well, right, Michael, that's the Lamar. So what do we got coming up next?
0: Oh, uh, well, I I, I I do have one or two other discussion points that I wanted to make before we move on. from. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. You save your daily sports car. Yay! For, for yeah, it's time to stroke my ego. Well, you didn't bring it up at the beginning. Oh, I was supposed to. You weren't leading it in at all.
0: Oh you, uh, were like, well, you, 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 you
1: weren't. it's not. It's
0: not. It's f- not like it, if I bring it up, then that's kind of like oh well, wow, look at me. I, I'm I'm so important. But if you bring it up, then it's fine. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Exactly. Well, you know,
1: you know, I was I was perusing Reddit today and went to RWC <laughs> and all of a sudden I saw this really you know this really good website called DailySports.com and. <laughs> And I like to read articles from there because I have really good staff that write things uh, on that website that I like to read because I'm literate. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I believe for Le Mans, they did uh, some updates and uh, you might have been part of that team.
0: Oh, uh, my God. You want to tell us about it? Cookie, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, so I was writing for Daily Sports Car for Le Mans and it was really, really cool. Uh, I did the free practice one which was not broadcast. So it was very interesting writing a report on a practice session using nothing but a timing screen and a Twitter feed. Um, so that was quite a new experience. Uh, and uh, I think that went really, really well. And then I did the entire second half of the race, part of it by myself, uh, which was quite honestly terrifying. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When, when I logged on uh, to the, the, like, the chat that they had in place... Uh, like, half an hour or an hour before uh, the half hour, uh, halfway mark. And they were like, cool, well, we're all going to get some sleep and, you know, hold the fort for the next six hours. It's like, cool, cool and normal. It, it felt a bit like 2015, LeMond, where you guys made me a mod of R-WEC, and then we're like, <laughs> well, we're all going to bed <laughs>
1: Well yeah just make sure the coffee's still running when we get on the light you know just flip the yeah. lights a couple of times just jiggle this cord yeah you good
0: Yeah it was uh <laughs> it was a bit like that um but quite honestly uh it it felt right uh and and it wasn't just because you know I was doing coverage for the best race of the year and the biggest race of the year and that's you know part of you know my dream um but it was also the fact that like the support that I got from Graham Goodwin, from Stephen Kilby, from uh, the other guys that were involved. So, RJ O'Connell, uh, Ryan Kish, and Martin Little. Like, after after the first practice session, getting an email from Martin Little saying, I missed the session entirely, and your report was so well done that I felt like I didn't miss a thing. It was like, oh, that's, that's such good feedback to hear. Um, and uh, it took away a lot of the nervousness. Uh, especially when, uh, when I submitted the like six hour, the longest report overnight that I did by myself, and it was up on Daily Sports Car, and Kilby's sending me a message saying, "Hey, that's really good. Well done. Keep going for the rest of the race." And so that was like getting that feedback while also watching the race and trying to work out strategy, while also running the Discord server and the subreddit, while also beginning to fall asleep and begging my housemate to buy me pizza uh, <laughs> was was really cool.
1: Um, that's a that's a juggle that's a juggle right there, but you did well, man. Thank did well, you. very well done.
0: Yeah, uh, it was it was certainly a different experience, certainly a different way of experiencing Le Mans, uh, You know, having the pressure to write about it and and like okay, so this is something I'm gonna complain about, and I'm I'm gonna get up on my soapbox now. Why did all the important things have to happen ten minutes before I was submitting my report? D- ah. Like, damn it, guys! All I wanted to do was have this six-hour report ready and finalized, and so that way all I needed to do was put in the last little touches and send it off. But no, you guys, every time I was about to submit a report, something happened, and I was just like, oh, far out. Uh, so in the future, I'm not going to prepare anything for these reports, and I'm just going to wing it at the last moment. And what's the worst that could happen, right?
1: Uh, <laughs> nothing.
0: Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But yeah, it is still, like, crazy surreal to see my name and my words put somewhere like Daily Sports Car and to have people reading them and finding useful information about the races based on the words that I've said and you know it, it it's getting to the point now where other people are sharing my articles before I am and that's kind of scary but also really really cool and I can't thank like Graham and Stephen and the whole DSC crew enough for allowing me to do that like it, it was it's been it's been a whirlwind in the past year Oh yeah, yeah. And hey man, it's all deserved. Thank you. It's it's really nice to get that feedback. And I'm I'm in an I know I'm in an enviable position for a lot of people, a lot of listeners to this podcast as well, and I hope that I am doing a good enough job that everyone is uh, is happy with what I'm doing and is not uh not wishing for something more.
1: Let's yeah. just know that uh, we all hate you, you son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Cookie. That means a lot coming from you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, uh, I do want to make sure that uh, the guys at DSC get a a huge rap for letting me be involved and also for telling me off live on air. Thanks, Graham. Thanks for that. (laughs) Did you hear that? No. No. um, uh, 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 Yes, actually, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a video of it. Okay, well, what I'll do here is I'll run the clip. I'll run the clip now so you can listen to it woken up graham i've got uh, an interesting little one for you i'll be the uh, judge of that well i'd I, I say i have actually one of our followers on twitter asked when was the last time a uh, team was disqualified from the monte Carlo for outside assistance alluding to the 37 car yes I've, I've asked the question the the oracle of these things uh, that is dr jana swinton across from the united states who helped us out by the way with the names of the greek drivers aha uh, earlier. Now, not seen any response from Janos. It's just possibly maybe still, he may be asleep somewhere. Well, Michael Zed, Floodman 11, who should be actually doing better things like writing this report for Daily Sports Car at the moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gagging to know. No, uh, he is. So we- we're working on that. So yeah, so imagine that, right? Imagine getting told off by the person you're working for live on international television in the middle of the goddamn night. <laughs> Oh, that was quite funny. That's uh, that's a weird flex, but okay. (laughs) Quite weird. (laughs) Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, So that was my experience running for DSC. So, yeah, I'm, again, incredibly indebted to Graham Goodwin uh, for everything that he's, all the opportunities that he's given for me. And, yeah, those group, that group, the fact that between the six of us, we did coverage for Daily Sports Car and Racer. Stephen and Kish were doing coverage for Racer and like the end of race, big articles as well. It was all just a big thing, and to be involved in that is like a dream come true. So yeah. Good times. Good, happy fun times. Um final question about Lamont Cookie. Uh who was your surprises? Who was your surprise runners? Your surprise stints? Uh who surprised you? And who sucked? Who do you reckon could have done better and who were you incredibly disappointed by?
1: Wow, that's a lot of questions. Um
0: and it's basically two questions: by... who was good and who sucked.
1: Disappointed by the number seven. Um, disappointed number ninety-eight. Disappointed with Porsche. Uh, disappointed with Graf. Maybe. Sure, we'll do mm. that. Um, standouts: the United Autosports efforts finally kind of fully yeah, but, paying but off. Was that a
0: surprise, though?
1: No, but I I feel like they also, um. I don't know. I, I feel like for the first time they 100% were the top dog coming yeah. into the, to the event. And I I don't think I've seen it from them where that like, they've just kind of not, not been dismissive where it, it wasn't in doubt, but it was definitely like, well, still results. Like they showed up as victors and they left as victors yeah. kind of deal. So I'll say that that was a good showing for them. Aston Martin, I think, putting a good, uh putting on a, a solid effort and taking the victory in uh um, GT Pro and GTM that's a solid uh win for Vantage. Um yeah, that's about it. Nice.
0: So you you picked all the class winners basically as surprises or good?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well for yeah, for good and surprises um I, I don't know if there's a lot of surprises. I mean, the surprise would be like the the disappointments it would be probably Porsche not, not yeah. being able to compete in GT Pro. Um, Rebellion not showing as good of a potential effort as they had. I mean, they had Fast Lap, uh, so just not kind of see them do much, and, 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 you know, and even on track battles there wasn't a whole lot of dicing from them. And I guess that would be a, a surprising disappointment, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, there there's definitely like uh, P3 and LMP2. Yeah, sure, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, should, Panas did.
0: racing. So thank you, thank yep. you for randomness chucking that in the chat. That was that was my surprise. I was blown away with the fact that they've they managed to get that result in. Um, I'm also surprised at how close the parity was between the Michelin-clad LMP2 cars and the Goodyear-clad LMP2 runners. And in fact, Goodyear took two of the top three podium spots. Like, damn, that was a yeah, surprise. That,
1: yeah, a little bit of parity too with uh, with the tire manufacturers. That was a little bit surprising. I hmm. kind of thought I was going to see the Goodyear or or Michelin run away with it, but they didn't.
0: Yeah. Um, I was, I was well surprised by Graf, uh, in a good way. I think Alan and especially Malessi, that his stints. I was expecting them to fall away in the latter half of the race with Malessi in the car, but he really kept it in there. Um, Mikkel Jensen, Jensen is going to be the next, like the next, uh, Nicola Lapierre as well. There's, he's just. He was way too good. And we were lucky enough in the practice session when they had the, like, the virtual wall thing to, for some reason, be getting the the radio from the number 26 car. Like, I'm not sure if that was intentional or a lot, but it was fascinating. It was fascinating to listen to the team chatter back and forth. And Jensen on the radio talked like a experienced professional driver. He did not talk like a Silver rated driver. It was incredible. So... It was really surprising. Um, Idex Recovery was a great surprise uh, from uh, starting a lap down from big crashes in practice. Uh, Racing Team Nederland, big disappointment. Expected more from them. They kind of sucked. It was, you know, not great. Uh, and uh, something from GTM really struck me and I wanted to make a note of it, but it has gone away. Oh, Kome Letegar. I, I knew he was quick, but I didn't expect him to be that quick. He was... He was probably one of the best drivers in that class uh, throughout the race so that, was, that was my big surprise and then of course the disappointments of you know Bicola's not finishing which is hilarious and also sad uh, Jackie Chan's disqualification hilarious and also sad. Uh, high class racing in Duquesne their their race is ending the way that they did that was really unfortunate and uh, the um, the Porsche is just sucking that that made that made, that hurt my soul. And the weather—the fact that we had no weather—that was kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, weather was uh, was was always going to be kind of a little bit
1: of a factor, but the the aspect of always threatening rain and it kind of not happening and sort of happening was was a good twist to it, which yeah. was very Le Mans appropriate,
0: <laughs> classic Le Mans. So that was the twenty 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 four hours of Le Mans, the 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 twenty 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 four hours of Le Mans. Uh, just wrap it up in a sentence for me. How did you feel after the race? Mm
1: good but it's you know it's just there's not a whole lot of fight at the front so yeah. it's just the same old storyline so it, it um the saving grace to a bit is that it this feels very Mercedes-esque it feels a little bit more of like oh well Formula One season's over and you know it was a good you know it was a season yeah, <laughs> yeah. but so, so. uh yeah I, I just I just feel like once we finally get Peugeot uh that's when we're going to really just I I feel like the after will be just like all right I want to see it again I want to just I want to yeah. see that race again I want to see another 24 hour like I just want to see it again and right now we're just kind of just like all right we're, we're, <laughs> yeah it's it's through the motions right Yeah now, but... I think
0: that's that's a great way of putting it we're going through the motions I think sports car racing at the moment both in WEC and in IMSA competition is in just a holding pattern we don't really know where we're going now but we know what's coming next. So we're just kind of waiting to get there. This is, it feels a bit like the um, the 2016 GT season or the 2015 GT season where it was just like, we know that there's things coming. We just need to sort of wait for it to get there. We need to go through the motions to get there. And I, I feel like the WC especially knows that and the entry list for this weekend's Bahrain 8 hours shows that uh, because it is well lean, uh, you could say, you can say, because it's it's the smallest WC grid I have ever seen.
1: It is very small.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's 24 cars, two LMP1s, six LMP2s, six GTE Pros, and the rest uh, filled up with GTE It is in part due to a three-way clash between the season-ending WEC race, the season-ending IMSA race, and the season-ending GT World Challenge race. And honestly, of the three, I'll probably be watching the GT World Challenge race. You. Yeah. Son of a... Well, it's the 6 hours of Paul Ricard, and la- oh, the Oh, well, yeah, and and you genuinely dislike Sebring, so... Oh, yeah, because IMSA's racing at Sebring. Oh, yeah, no, screw that. Yeah. I and and, 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 like, to be fair, I have watched no no IMSA racing since Daytona. And I'm kind of okay with that. And that's another conversation that we should leave for another time because otherwise we're just going to be here for another another hour and I don't have that much time to, to do that. Um, but let's focus back on WEC here. Uh, this has been a long season. It has been a trying season and it has been a difficult season and it is coming to a very... Uh, soft, very petered out, very, uh, underwhelming end. And I'm not sure how to feel about that, Cookie. How do you feel about it? I don't know. I mean,
1: all things must pass, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I, it is what it is, so, um, but I... I feel like the uh, at least with the clashes that kind of makes up for it for it a bit, but uh, you know it's it, it's unfortunate to see at least for the next upcoming round for WC with it being an eight hour race because usually I I like the longer ones I like something a little bit longer than six hours is unique to me so mm-hmm. having the eight hour race be there is interesting. And we were talking earlier too. I would love to see it at the F1 with the F1 circuit, just have them go around the long, long one, have them like do low downforce Monza, Lamont trim on it. You know, why not? That'd be interesting as all hell. So, but I I still think it's going to be at least an interesting race. It, uh, but yeah, I would, I would say if you got multiple screens, this would be on the, this would be on, not on the primary screen.
0: Yeah, That's, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, it, it is quite disappointing you know it, this season was meant to end with Le Mans in june and it has been prolonged to now november to, to sort of put us back onto the calendar year for wc which i actually kind of prefer i think it should have been it should never have changed to the the winter season um or the summer season i don't know what you guys do up in the north uh but yeah uh but you know the fact that LMP two, which has consistently been the best class in ACO racing in across both uh, ELMS and WEC and Asian Le Mans Series, let's not forget as well the fact that they're reduced now to six cars. You know, uh, pulling out of uh, with Core cool Racing uh, going away, uh, High Class Racing not making the trip. You know, it's it's United Racing Team, Netherlands, Alpine, JCDC, Jota, Settler. You know, there's there's a lot missing from that uh, that entry list. And it's it's kind of sad to see it's it's sad to see that much missing. Um, at least the GCM numbers have been maintained. There's been a, quite a few driver changes throughout. So, uh, I think Red River Sport has two out of three new drivers. Uh, Team Project One has your own uh, Jorg Bergmeister stepping in instead of Matteo Cairoli. The Golf Racing Team has a new driver. Dempsey Proton has another set of new drivers every week. Um, Dennis Olsen, last year's Intercontinental GT Challenge Drivers Champion, uh, steps in to replace Matt Campbell, who's racing in the GT World Challenge finale. Um, so it's it's a bit all over the place. Yeah, and we've got Randomist saying in the chat, uh, to have lmp 2 that stripped out and still be looking so competitive is promising for the future. Yeah, uh, you've got to say out of the teams that remain, five of the six could win.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, this this is not where we have two teams that are going to be clear favorites, and the rest are just kind of
0: uh, the bottom
1: of the list of Um. Well. Hmm, uh. That's well. That's a whole different category. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh. This is going to have a lot of uh, good competition, and I get to see a Delara race too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Delara can have its own class. LMP2D. I wonder if the FIA are like paying them, or ACS paying them, just to show up, so that it's not just a, an, an Oreca only class, just so that they can be like, "Ha, see, LMP2 still works." Ha, ha. See, it still works. There's two two different types of chassis. Ha. You know, but
0: yeah, that's actually a really, really good question. I I do wonder that. That's something I hadn't thought about before.
1: <laughs> that's a little conspiracy. Yeah. No, I, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I uh, LMP2 will be hopefully the same grace here that and uh, GT Pro. Oh, um,
0: that right, GTM. Are we well, going to see, see are we going to see are we going to see masterclass? China.
1: Uh that would be amazing, but I don't I don't know. He didn't they they looked all right
0: uh at Le Mans, but I don't know. He he's not having the year that he had last year. This is true, but remember last year he put in a triple stint to start the race and that basically set it up for them. So can yeah. he do it again?
1: He could, but I think I don't know if they're going to do the same thing this year. I feel like they're going to try to play a different strategy. Okay. We'll see. Oh, mate. Hey, don't yell at me now. Don't uh, yell
0: at me now. Sorry, I it's, it's working is hard. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I going with that? Um, let's talk about LMP one. Uh, the final race for LMP one, and it comes down to two entrants, uh, the two Toyotas. It is the end of a legacy that was <laughs> that has gone not with a bang, but with a whimper. Um, it's. Honestly, quite sad to see LMP1 end in this fashion, Um, and uh, it does not accurately represent how good the racing has been for so long in that class. And that, quite honestly, watching LMP1 was what got me into sports cars properly. You know, I dabbled bits and pieces with Le Mans and with some GT stuff, but watching the LMP1 racing in the glory days was was what did it for me and it it's it's sad that we're not going to see that anymore i mean we have hypercar which is the worst name class in history but yeah it's yeah it's a bit sad yeah i mean uh it's it's definitely a fitting uh
1: end to it fitting <laughs> if i'm going to say anything. yeah i mean fitting to the to the extent that like it, lmp1 has never been I, I think the the most cars in that class was like 15 16 that was it. I don't think it's ever gotten uh, up to 20, ever. And, I mean, the average amount of ca- cars in that category has been less than 10. Yeah. So, it's... uh, I would say, to a certain extent, it's been a very, very uh, minimal class to begin with. And it, to to leave it with, literally, a single team entering a car in it is very almost fitting of the reason why it has to leave. Uh... Um, but it uh, it's it's to note all of the success that we've seen from it and all of the storylines and all of the technology um and i think it's done its part to keep um prototype racing sports car racing on the map uh especially in motorsports and to keep Le Mans still being that topic of relevance every year that we keep making it out to be so yeah. thank you lmp1 thank
0: you thank you lmp1 and we'll do I, I think I, I have in that in my head uh, the idea of doing like an LMP1 postmortem, a 2020 postmortem, uh, sort of like talking in a in a larger scale about the year as a whole and the sort of discussions about the year, not about like specific races and specific series things, everything's wrapping up very shortly. Um, but I, I, I do think it would be a well-deserved tribute to, to to talk properly about LMP1 from back when it started, because LMP1 has been a class way longer than I thought it was. Like it goes back to like twenty, no, sorry, two thousand and four or something, doesn't it? Yep. When when LMP yep. nine hundred got renamed? Yeah,
1: yeah, LMP nine hundred that got shifted to LMP one.
0: Mm. So it it's seen a, a lot of racing, uh, a lot of manufacturers come through, um, and some of the most enthralling endurance races ever. You'd argue possibly the most endura- like enthralling endurance race ever, um, in twenty sixteen. Uh, so. Yeah, it's it's been it's been something that we've been privileged to see uh, in the last few years, and for those coming into endurance racing, it, it is almost sad that they won't get to experience what we got to see in you know the the glory days, the twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen era. Um, but in saying that, we will get to see the next thing, the next set of glory days, some point in the future. So you know you get to be excited for that. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh Bahrain, eight hours uh, going from day to night, quite like that uh, that sort of deal. Uh, yeah, any any final comments, any final thoughts on, on that race? We kind of talked about the bits and pieces around it. Uh, oh, there are championships to decide that we should actually talk about. All right, yeah, if you want to do that, let's go. Okay. Yeah, um, because there is there is still things to be decided. Firstly, LMP1 has been decided, we know that. Um, GTM is in the mix. Uh, at the moment, the number 90 car holds a eight point lead over the number 83 car. So TF Sport versus AF Corsa, that is going to go down to the wire, um, especially considering that between first place and uh, second place, um, because it's a longer race, is more than eight points. So put an earmark on that one for, for the race on next Sunday. Um, LMP2, that has been wrapped up. United Autosports did United Autosports things. And remember, United Autosports DNF'd on lap two of Silverstone at the very first race of the season. Yeah, they had, they technically came from behind, which is, yeah. which is laughable. It's it's, it's kind of crazy that they've done that. Um, and then we did mention the GT Pro Championship, uh, a race in three, uh, Aston Martin versus Aston Martin versus the number 51 Ferrari. So, keep eyes on that. So, there are championships to be decided. I think the most int- enthralling one is that GTM championship. So, I'm going to keep tabs on that one throughout the race.
1: Nice. Yeah. Me too.
0: And so, that's it. That's that's where the WC's at. That was Lamar. That was uh, the, the 24 hours of Lamar and the build-up into the 8 hours of Bahrain and Cookie. It has been great to have you back and to have this back and to have us back. It's been great to be back
1: and uh thank you again for hosting and uh doing all this fine prep work in the back end that really makes all this stuff possible and makes it all pop so thank you for uh hanging out here and uh yeah it's gonna be an interesting wrap up to like all like eight seasons <laughs> yeah which already has been happening in like well, the last week or two and through extending the next like two or three weeks but we'll get all through all that and start doing some end of your stuff and get ready for the off season
0: yeah and on that note as well uh while while there has been a lot of racing that we've missed we do we have tried to, to condense onto what the important stuff has been and the truth the truth be told the fact that we've had daylight savings changes in parts of the world and uh, a change in life circumstance for a few of us has made things quite difficult so thank you for sticking with us and uh, I don't want to apologize for having stuff going on in life, but uh, I do respect that people are looking forward to listening to our takes on things. So uh, the fact that we had missed entirely the uh, the 24 hours of spa is, you know, uh, not not great. I didn't feel great about that happening, but um, truth of the matter is other things have taken priority um, in the meantime. But we'll be, yeah, hopefully wrapping up the WC, wrapping up IMSA uh, and... Wrapping, maybe in wrapping up GT World Challenge, we'll decide about that and then we'll do some broader discussions about racing in 2020 and how things will shape up for 2021. Um, but in the meantime, I've been Michael Zalivari. Thank you for listening. Peace out. That's it. Your day's done. And they didn't contest it. They're like, "Yep, we got." F-. Sorry. Yep, we got. We got found out. Uh, I will timestamp that and make sure that I remove that. That's at 39 minutes. Okay. Oh god. Well, we're in. We're in lots of trouble now because I'm gonna just start. No, 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 no. We're gonna. We, we'll, we'll get no, it back. Oh, I, I've recorded oh, it in the chat.
1: Shit the
0: in. Oh god damn it! Here we go.
1: Ah, uh, can, can they change it to do the the F1 uh, layout? Because that would at least would be interesting as shit. The, I, the endurance I, I layout, would, yeah. Well, or not well. Whatever it is now. I mean, the endurance layout used to just be like they added a, an extra mile of twisty, turny bits which like halfway shit. through. Yeah, which is terrible. But now they made the quote-unquote endurance one to oh, basically be oh, a, the hyperloop. The, Mamba, the, the which hyper is like loop. An oval. The hyperloop. Yeah, it's like a loop, yeah. Rockingham, except they go
0: clockwise and not. Uh, but enter the pro- but the problem is, if you do that, you cut out the best part of the Bahrain circuit, which is the infield.
1: This yeah, is the same this is the
0: same that. problem I had with with the bend okay you've got me fired up now when they when the supercars did the double header at the bend when they did the west circuit the shorter circuit it was cool but they cut out the best part of the national like the international circuit which is the swooping triple right hander like that's the best part of the track like why would you ah oh, just anyway anyway I'm level I'm calm I'm ready I'm ready to podcast. <laughs>